And for exactly the 200th time, we welcome you to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. As always, I am Adam Wright along with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. Boys, did it, boys. we have made it. The double century mark, AD. We'll talk, we'll, t- we'll tell it, we'll call it, uh, so AD, we'll say after, after F, AS, AS. After and what does it stand for? After it started. <laughs> everything before everything before that is a mistake. Everything that happened before that. But here on the Fumble Ruski podcast, we make everything better, including the NFL offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh that would that would also include the summertime, where it is absolutely the biggest dead spot in professional football during the year. And we are taking you through it with our finale of our top five player countdowns, as well as division previews with quarterbacks going into the 2023 NFL season, as well as the NFC West, which is about as hectic as of a division as it gets in terms of just the complete powers, the complete power shifts that they endure year in, year out as well as you guys, your picks for the most underrated quarterbacks going into this season. I was pleasantly surprised with our fan box. I thought we weren't going to get that many responses because there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. Everyone knows who's underrated. So you'll probably get like 20 votes for Kirk Cousins, a bunch for, you know, Geno Smith, and then that'll be that. We actually got a lot of different responses. I don't think anyone got more than, uh, I don't think any player got more than three mentions which is pretty good. And we got 29 responses. So we have a good episode coming up. So you guys, thank you for tuning in for this long, for 200 episodes, not including specials, of course. Otherwise, we would have been there a couple months ago. But let's get into it. Top five quarterbacks. So I don't. So Tuck, you weren't on the last episode, but we kind of we kind of changed the way we we um, that we structure it. Mm-hmm. Each person just goes around and we just give our whole top five and an ex- an explanation between bet- behind each player just to just to make the just so that we go it's more time efficient um, and people see our whole lists you know as a whole rather than just seeing our number four our number five you know right. you want to kick us off I got to kick us off do you want to no, I, you want I, to? I want CJ yes, to go do. first. I want to Have see CJ. All right, CJ, kick us off. All right, then. This list will surely anger nobody. So my number five, I wrestled with this, but this is based on what we think they're going to do this season, right? Yes. I I had to put Lamar Jackson at number at my number five. And look at that. Tucker's <laughs> a happy man. Wait, wait, for this season or for last season? For this. Okay, if you said it for last season, I'd be okay with it. This season, talk to me. So so here's the thing. I just think he's in a much better position. O-line's healed up. He's healed up. He got two brand new toys to play with in Odell Beckham and that one rookie they drafted, Zay Flowers. 
And you have the second best tight end in the league in Mark Andrews. And on top of that, I don't actually see Lamar getting hurt this year because he outright vowed to pass the ball more. And I will lie. He's a pretty good passer. I mean, everyone likes to make the jokes about oh, running back, myself included. But I mean, look at that. But he manages to keep the turnovers to a minimum. In fact, there was only one season out of his five years, well, four starting years, where he eclipsed 10 interceptions. And now that he's playing with arguably the best receiver core that he's probably ever had. It is by far. Yep. Take it from the Ravens fan himself. So I'm, I'm just saying Lamar just makes it into my uh, top five. <clears throat> my number four, <sighs> I had to think long and hard about this, but it's Jalen Hurts. See, look, the man is coming off a Super Bowl appearance, and I know Super Bowl hangover. Look at that roster around him. A running back room with Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift and his main cast of characters coming back with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard with, in my opinion, the best O-line in the NFL. And with a ferocious defense, and that and with a defense that, by and large, might have gotten a little better. I I just I know Super Bowl hangover is a thing, but just on paper, just with the expectations, Hertz literally should be even better than last season. And on top of that, when you factor in his rushing ability, he's good for at minimum like 33, 34 uh, touchdowns, like all told. I mean, last season he had 22 passing touchdowns, and I want to say he uh, when it came to rushing touchdowns, he had 13. So yeah. Definitely uh, keep an eye out for him. And my number three is Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen, booming arm, elite scrambling ability. But the reason I have him at number three is just when you get to the postseason, like the Josh Allen of the regular season and the Josh Allen in the postseason are two completely different players. And on top of that, you've got, I mean, the team around him isn't the best. You spent a first rounder on a tight end for some reason when you already had Dawson Knox. Stefan Diggs, he, he's good. He, you know, he's a top 10 receiver, obviously. But you lost Isaiah McKenzie and you have Gabe Davis, who underwhelmed a wee bit last season. And then, of course, you know, their running back room. You have Damian Harris on a one year deal and James Cook, who really had a lackluster rookie season. But just in a vacuum, Josh Allen. I mean, come on. He's still going to toss like at least 35 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. My number two is Joe Burrow. I knew it. I, I knew it. So Joe Burrow, he's another one that just needs to cut down on the turnovers a little more. But this man, deadly accurate with the ball. Like I said, at least got to throw for 35 touchdowns. Probably the best receiver room in the league with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd a good running back in Joe Mixon, and a serviceable tight end in Irv Smith Jr. with a line that continues to get better in a defense that's coming into his own. Burrow is truly just in a very, very good spot. And some people, rightfully so, have the Bengals in a really good, uh, have the best favorites to win the Super Bowl. And my number one, you probably saw this coming, it's Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And I grappled with him over Burrow. But Mahomes won just because he's he's a better scrambler. He's he's more I mean, he's he's just as accurate and he throws a few less picks. 
and you know he, he can just easily eclipse five thousand yards. It looks like as long as he is Kelsey, he's fine. And Mahomes reminds me of well, not in play style at all or ability, but kind of like early Tom Brady, where Brady you know won three rings with old man Troy Brown and Patton and Givens and the Jermaine Wiggins at tight end. But Mahomes is going to have Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and like God knows who else at wide receiver. I mean, I could name them, but I'm blanking. Oh, yeah, Kadarius Toney, meh. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I guess, at running back. You've got Travis Kelsey, who's the best tight end in the league. But he's got a good line, and if he has time to throw, Mahomes can make it happen. So, yeah, he's my number one. (laughs) I like that list. I, I really do. Um, it's a solid list. I think J. I. I think Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback, and he's going to be good again. It's just, I think his play style isn't very sustainable. I think he, with the amount of with the amount of weapons he has in the passing game, he could throw more. And if he continues to choose to run it all the time, then it's it's not going to end well for him and i think yeah but you have to remember he's really only running it more often than not in like goal line situations that's still i mean the wear and tear it's he rushes a lot yeah but he's also like a sturdily built quarterback too i mean this is like like no shade at like lamar at all but i would like to point out that hertz is like a little more uh solid shall we say yeah, and he squats like 600, 700 pounds. That he does. For fun. <laughs> it's it's really funny to watch these NFL players squat. I mean, they, they can squat a ton yeah. of weight. Nick Chubb. Like yeah. anytime you see Chubb, the bar is bending, and this guy's do this guy's doing it like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I like I like that list. Patrick Mahomes, if we're talking about just overall like overall talent rather than the mix of everything that we do i would definitely have him number one um and it wouldn't be a conversation like joe like patrick mahomes is head head and shoulders better than joe burrow at least as far as we can tell because burrow's burrow's career is still fairly young um but there's doing more with less and then there's trying to do something with almost nothing I mean, I get he has he has Travis Kelsey. That's one thing, but if they double team Kelsey, then what? Hmm. I mean, they have Kadarius Tony, who's okay. Do they even? I didn't even know that they still had Marcus Valdez Scantling. Yeah, I think they do, and uh, I think they. Oh, and they also technically have Sky Moore, the rookie or the now second year guy who could do something. Yeah. Might have, be. Okay. Yeah, there's like a lot of just untapped potential there, but so we'll have to see. But if Mahomes, I feel like Mahomes could bring out the best in them. But I would be lying if I said his receiver room wasn't a little concerning. I was concerning last year. He won the Super Bowl. Now that it's even more close. concerning. All right, all right. Talk. Do you want to give your top five now? Yeah, I gotta give my top five, and I'll be quick about it and make it. Uh, as reasonable as I can be with a certain someone that's on my list. Shocker. Number five, I got Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the New York Jets. Everybody's saying Aaron Rodgers has fallen off a bit, but not saying anything about the weapons continually given to him by the Green Bay Packers. When I see the Green Bay Packers and the weapons they give him, they kind of remind me how I look at the distance. 
I could do more, but I just refuse not to. Anyway, when I see the New York Jets and the offensive pieces that they surround Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of happy. I'm, uh, whatchamacallit, Garrett Wilson. He's going to be elite this year because what is because he's going one-on-one with Sauce Gardner, and he's looking very good in those one-on-ones. That is someone I'm going to be looking forward to, and I'm probably going to get him fantasy because I believe that connection right there is going to be solid. They also have Alan Lazard on that team, and I like the tandem that they have at running back with uh, Michael Williams and the guy that's coming off an injury. Mike, Michael Carter. And Brees yeah, Hall. Michael Carter. And who's the other one? Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Hall. I don't believe he'll get the load, which is good, because I don't believe he should after coming off an ACL. So I think them splitting up carries will actually be good for that offense. I think he has a solid O-line. Hopefully, Mekhi Becton can actually resurface to what he was supposed to be before he came out. But that's a ways and see type of thing. And that defense, oh my, with everything surrounding Aaron Rodgers, I believe he will show you once again why he is that bad man. And once again, vying for that MVP spot. Number four. Oh, this pains me. Oh, this hurts. Joe Burrow. <clears throat> I. Can't. Joe Burrow, without a doubt, is the second best quarterback in the AFC North and top three in the AFC altogether. Well, yeah, top three or four ish, depending on how you look at it. I don't have him over Lamar, but that's just my personal vendetta, uh, my personal gripe. But if you want to say Joe Burrow is far and away better than Lamar, I'm not going to get too butthurt about it considering his playoff success. What I will say, though, is when I see him in the playoffs, I don't understand why everybody's just so happy with the way Joe Burrow has played considering the way he played against us in the, in the second half in the AFC wildcard game. When I look at that, I'm like, this is what everybody's so hyped up about, especially in the way he played against Kansas City in the AFC championship game. It's just nitpicks here and there, but overall, I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. He's able to do certain things that I can be envious of from time to time. He looks good from the pocket. But the only thing is he does turn the ball over a little too much because I think he looks at Jamar Chase to be able to do everything, and sometimes that can a little bit bite him, bite him too much because he'll just stare him down and throw a pick. That's happened more than once. So I don't know. I still – Obviously, he's a top five quarterback, but I believe that there's certain other quarterbacks that are going to do better this year. And I think he'll might take a step back because he's in a quarterback. Uh, I'm sorry, contract year. And that might influence him a little bit. <sighs> Number three, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, to me, can go from one moment looking like he can contend with Patrick Mahomes. And then the next moment. He can look like a scrub with the interceptions he throws sometimes. It's either one way or the other with him. Some of the passes he makes are impressive as hell. And then some of the interceptions he throws, I f- it feels like I could have thrown them. I remember the one he threw against the New York Jets. Like, who are you looking at? And it was like one of the first plays of the game. And I was just so frustrated when, when looking at him. I'm like, why are you doing that? But overall, when I look at Josh Allen play, he has stuff on decks. He has a competent running game i'm not going to say it's the best but considering what he's working with i do cons- i don't hold that against him and overall when i see him play i like the way that he can run the ball and throw the ball from the pocket so when i look at his game and skill set oh no and what he's been able to produce for years on years yeah i believe he's a top three quarterback number two is lamar jackson 
for years I've been asking the Ravens to give this man competent wide receiver help. For years I've been asking for it. They finally have been able to give him competent wide receiver help. Odell Beckham, who I believe will be the wide receiver two this year, or three, depending on how you uh, look at Rashad Bateman. Uh, I believe Zay Flowers will be our number one because I think he'll just take over and be the best out-and-out Ravens receiver that we have. And then our running game is just going to be unbelievable. And with the pieces surrounding Lamar Jackson, and I didn't even talk about the best security blanket outside of Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews at the tight end spot. Looking at all the, all the pieces surrounding Lamar Jackson, looking at what we were able to do last year with the injuries that he has, with him in this revamp offense under Todd Munkin, I believe that we will be successful and he will have a couple more playoff victories under his belt to make that push as to why I believe he's this high. And I believe the stats will back it up as well because it's what Adam and uh, whatchamacallit, CJ said he doesn't turn the ball over much, so that's a bright spot for him. And I believe he'll run a lot less to show you guys his quarterback capabilities. And I don't have to talk too much about number one because it's Patrick Mahomes. And sometimes when I look at him, it's not really close. The Bill, <clears throat> the way he throws the ball and the way he's able to get away with robbery at times, like the play could be over dead to rights and he's able to just flip the ball and score a touchdown is just unfair at times. He's able to do more with less, and we were able to see it last year when he was able to take that wide receiving core of MVS, Sky Moore, and Juju Smith-Schuster to a Super Bowl victory and a Super Bowl MVP <laughs> in his awakening. So all in all, when I look at the wide receiver core that he has now, as long as he still has Travis Kelsey, as CJ pointed out, I have no qualms about what they are able to do. And with Andy Reid as the uh, head coach, without – question i believe they will still be a threat and it'll be basically and solely because of patrick mahomes that's a very interesting list and i think aaron Rodgers being being on there is is definitely noteworthy um just because pe- I, it feels like people have forgotten that this guy is not too far removed from back-to-back league mvp nominations yeah and three straight NFC championship appearances. I mean, this guy, this guy can clearly still play. And then he lost a bunch of pieces on his offense. Um, during, uh, going into last year. And it wasn't the same after that. Also the offensive line kind of fell apart. Now you go into a new team and I think he, his career is going to be, he's going to be rejuvenated and he's going to have a much better year, and he's going to remind people that he is Aaron Rodgers in a couple of different ways because, you know, the postseason is also a thing. But I, 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 think that's an, I think that's an interesting one. And the Jets are going to be a, a really, really interesting case going into this year. Um, you're very high on Lamar, Lamar Jackson. High enough so that you have him number two going into next year. But I that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, I'm just felt, numb at this point. It was definitely pulling teeth for you, getting putting Joe Burrow in your top five. It was. Even though he should not be as low as four. But I'll let that slide. I'm I just happy he had him in the top five like at all. I think it's I, reasonable for him to be top five. It just depends on where you look at him. Your hands are tied at that point. You have to put him top ten. Uh, top five, at yeah, least top five. Obviously, he's top five, but where you rank him, it, it doesn't matter. 
Sure. It doesn't um, matter. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I like your list. I think it's, I think it's a pretty good list. Um, you guys both have Patrick Mahomes number one. Um, understandably so. This guy has year in and year out been the Please. best quarterback in all of Please. in all of football. Don't do this. Oh, I know what's coming, and I love this. All right. Please. So without further ado, I'm gonna I'm gonna get started. And for my number five, I was very torn. I was torn between Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. And I was going to pick based on what you guys had for your number fives. And I thought, if both of you have Lamar Jackson, I'll go Aaron Rodgers. If both of you have Aaron Rodgers, I'll pick Lamar Jackson. But you both picked a different guy. So I'm just going to go Aaron Rodgers, my first pick. Because I think they're both they're both worthy of that spot. But, I, but Aaron Rodgers has already proven it in the past that he can be very good as a passer. He has a good passing offense around him now new coach he's got a new system he seems rejuvenated he's buying into this year and an Aaron Rodgers who buys in is the best Aaron Rodgers because sometimes he just checks out we know the way he is sometimes it's just he's such a wild card but now I think we can we can bet on him you know having a better year than he has uh this past season he didn't seem like he was too much into it um (laughs) And we also forget what he was like when he had very good weapons, right? Three years in a row making the NFC championship game. And this guy was a very, very good quarterback. He made back-to-back. He won back-to-back league MVPs. So Aaron Rodgers, now that he has weapons, he has a defense around him, an offensive line that has potential when when it stays healthy. We'll see if it can do that. But all the pieces are in place for him. So I have Aaron Rodgers top five. He could even he could, could even wind up going higher on this list. And people will look back at this summer saying, Adam, you're crazy. Why did you not have not have him top three? Um, my number four is Trevor Lawrence. And the reason I have Trevor Lawrence is because this guy, after a disastrous rookie season, winds up turning Christian Kirk from a career number two wide receiver, if that, like a lo- mid to low end wide receiver two, he makes him look like a one. And he rejuvenates this. Evan Engram's career. And now you get Calvin Calvin Ridley in the mix with a still competent offensive line, a defense that's improving. The coaching staff seems like it knows what it's doing. This is a team that's on the up and up. And he already had a very, very good last season. Big jump from one year one to year two. What's going to happen in year three? That's usually when these star quarterbacks really break out. That's where Josh Allen really turned into Josh Allen. And I expect Trevor Lawrence to turn into the quarterback messiah that the Jaguars thought they were drafting a couple of years ago. So I have Trevor Lawrence number four. Followed by at number three, Patrick Mahomes. And the reason I have him, listen, if we're talking about just simply on talent and what they can do, then it's no question Mahomes is number one. But we're going off of the season that they believe that they are going to have next year. There's being able to do more with less, and then there's being able to do more with with almost nothing. 
You have Travis Kelsey who's going to get double teamed every single every single game because you don't have much past him. Okay. Are we are we really banking on Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, and Marquez Valdez Scantling, Mr. 50-50 ball himself? Yes. To be able to take this team to the promised land? I don't yes. think so. I don't we think did it so. last year. Yes. You had Juju Smith Suster and McCole Hardman in the mix. No. You don't have enough now. You're holding this against yo. I need to, this. This season can't come soon enough. He is top three in my mind still because he's still a slam dunk to have twenty-five to thirty touchdown passes even on a down year. You guys called me egregious for where I put Joe Burrow. I think <laughs> we're I think we're forgetting where this guy was during midway through twenty the twenty nineteen season where everybody was hurt. And he didn't look like his old his usual self. He was hurt. He w- yeah, but then he came back, and he was fine. But the problem was no Tyree Kill, and you didn't have Juju Smith Schuster yet. The rest of your offense, you didn't have much, and you still had Travis Kelsey for those games. He didn't look like his old self. Now n- him not being his old self is still a very good quarterback. In fact, a top three in my mind. He's not he's just not going to be number 1. He doesn't have a number 1 caliber season this year. Um and that's not against him. That like this is all based on factors he cannot control. Okay. Look, who's the top 2 then? My number 2 is Josh Allen. And Josh Allen nothing really nothing has changed for him from last year to suggest that he can't repeat what he just did the year prior. This guy is a slam dunk to have 35 plus touchdown passes. And he still has Stefan Diggs. I know you got rid you got rid of Isaiah McKenzie, but that just shows me how much faith they have in Gabe Davis as their number two. I get it. He did not play up to snuff, CJ. But I still think an 800 plus yard season with over seven touchdowns is a pretty good year for a wide receiver too especially when you have Stephon Diggs to throw to you. Also, you have Dawson Knox. You just drafted Dalton Kincaid. So you have a pretty good tight, tight end duo. So I think this guy is going to have another fabulous year. He's my number two going into next season. My number one is Joe Burrow. How could you not have Joe Burrow as your number mm-hmm. one going into next year? All Everything is in line for this guy to have a career year and a league MVP type season. This guy, so let me let me bring up his playoff stats because a lot of a lot of you have brought that up. So in his seven games that he has played, five and two quarterback record, nine to four touchdown interception ratio, about 1,800 yards, a 93.8 passer rating. Here's the kicker. In seven games, if you are sacked 29 times in seven games, do you expect to have a winning record? Absolutely not, unless your name's Joe Burrow. Against playoff teams. That's unbelievable. Now you have the most improved offensive line in, the, in all of football going into this year. Whenever, if you have Lyell Collins as a backup tackle, then I think you're doing something right. So this offensive line is going to give Burrow time to throw. And you still have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. You got Tyler Boyd over there. 
You have a new tight end to replace the other guy who you just had, Irv Smith. This is going to be a career year for Joe Burrow. He's my league MVP candidate, and I have him favored to win it. And he's also going to be the number one quarterback next year. And it's not even close. This is the year of Joe Burrow coming up. Adam's got me out here fighting demons. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. I thought I was egregious for putting him four. You put him number one and put Mahomes three. I can't. I think it's a good thing that I have Joe, I have Patrick Mahomes top three, despite not having a real wide receiver two, let alone a one. A one. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have much by way of weapons. He doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing excuses that he'll always overcome because he will, of course, be the second or number one seed. That's just how it works. He, he's always had the ability to do more with less, but. To do more with what he has now, he has even less than what he had the season prior. And was still able to win the Super Bowl last year, and he'll still be able to make the playoffs and be contending this year at bare minimum. Exactly, which is why I have him top three. And you just think Joe Burrow is just going to leapfrog him like that. I do think that, yes, absolutely. I 150% think he will. I I know he will. I I can't wait for the season to get here. The seasons, that he, the seasons that he has had in back-to-back years where he's been top five in time sacked this uh, in the past couple of seasons. Not, he was number one the year he, he went to a Super Bowl. And now he actually has time to throw, and you, we just don't think he's, going to, he's not going to skyrocket up the rankings? Absolutely not. No, he's not. Like Skyrocket means he went from like trash to all of a sudden, bang, he's top five. No, he was top ten last year. He became top five this year. He's not skyrocketing. He's just moving up the rankings. It's a tight list. I wouldn't say skyrocket. Yeah, but you had Joe Burrow four. I had him two going in. Out of five. Out of a list of five, I, being a rival, still think he's a top five quarterback. At four? You have him barely being in there. Out of 32. Yeah, but he's Joe Burrow. So? I could just leave him out the top five altogether and put Herbert in there and be just fine. You, I actually thought I was being reasonable here. You had Lamar Jackson at number two. Give me a break because of the, being reasonable. I'm not just saying it because it's him. I'm saying look at the offense around him. Look at what he's done in the past with lesser talent. CJ, look I'm pretty sure you've been this year. I'm sorry, CJ. You've I'm, you've been trying to say something all episode long, but you've been muted. Yeah, I know. I guess because trains and stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, all I was going to say is, yeah, look at the offense around Lamar. That's all well and good. Look at the offense around Joe Burrow. It's better. Yes. So, I mean, if we're going I off that argument. Then, I was you know. not talking about for Burrow. Let me make that clear. Hmm. Hmm. Lamar Jackson's right. offense is now oh, believe me, to- you will be forgiven. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's offense is comparable to Cincinnati's offense. Yes. I think Lamar Jackson will have a season like the one he, where he put up 33 points per game in 2019. I think it's going to be that type of season, except a lot more passing yards. Right, we'll well, he sh- yeah, he should be a better passer. I mean, he better be. I mean, with the with the amount that they've invested in it, he better be. You guys are saying just, it like it's his fault that he had trash weapons. But, all right, 
His fault that's that ran all the time and got hurt. It is what it is. We'll just never agree on Joe Burrow and Lamar. We'll see when, when the season comes around and Lamar Jackson's the MVP and Joe Burrow gets bounced in the playoffs. We'll see. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. We do have to move on. There you have it. Our top five quarterbacks going into the 2023 NFL season. I had a fun time doing this list, but I think we're going to have a lot more fun trying to analyze this NFC West, which continuously mind uh, just continuously puzzles us year in, year out. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast on our 200th episode. Mm-hmm. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, and Justin Tucker. This is all brought to you by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. We are on to our final week of division previews, which is the NFC West. So that is a division featuring the San yeah. Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, I just got a, I'm sorry. I just got a notification that the Celtics just signed Jalen Brown to a max contract. We're not going to talk about that though. I didn't get that. Uh, for you, for you, uh, Marcus Spears just tweeted it. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. But this is a. I, I just, I just stopped mid sentence. This is a division featuring the San Francisco 49ers, the Geno Smith led Seattle Seahawks. You've got the Rams and the Cardinals. So. I mean, right out of the gates with how I am going to kind of preview this division. Last year, I remember vividly, last year when we previewed this division, we saw any one of those teams making the playoffs except for the Seahawks. Now what are we kind of looking at this like? A little bit different. In fact, the opposite. Now we see the Seahawks as one of the leading candidates, and then... The Cardinals and Rams, you can pretty much bet on to not make it there, even though they do have some talent there. Um, I mean, both teams are kind of just falling apart. They look like dumpster fires. And then there's obviously San Francisco. They have the quarterback situation. But past that, if they had their quarterback nailed down, if they had their guy, let's say Trey Lance pulled through last year. Let's say Brock Purdy never got hurt. We'd be looking at this team as... Not only the division champions, but possibly the the NFC champions as well, and to represent in the next Super Bowl. So, I gotta say, I might have the I might have Seattle winning this division. Now that I think of it, I With still got San Francisco. I still got San Francisco winning this division. I'm sorry, I'm I'm CJ. going first on this one. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about CJ that. Also, CJ's also. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just want to say it. This entire division, I think, completely hinges on when Brock Purdy's coming back. 
Mm-mm. No, because I don't care what anyone says. Brock Purdy is better than Trey Lance. Trey Lance yeah. is done. Brock Purdy won that starting job from him. And we know he's going to come back at some point during the season. And whenever that is, like the earlier, the better, because that offense is loaded. But it, but the later he comes back in the year, the more likely Seattle is to, uh, you know, win it, the division at least. Although if they meet in the playoffs, I expect a similar result. All righty. Um, as far as the division is concerned, I still think it's San Francisco's division to lose despite the quarterback situation that they have because I believe just based on the running scheme that they have, they can win the division just based on the running scheme that they have. Minus the quarterback, because I believe they can just find a standing quarterback because I think Sam Darnold is good enough to, to not mess it up based upon what they're hearing from the camp, that they actually like what they're seeing from Sam Darnold, which is surprising considering his last two stunts. But overall, when I look at the San Francisco 49ers, they just need a solid quarterback, which Sam Darnold at times can be, to run the offense, don't mess anything up, and let the defense go to work. The run game is phenomenal. Devo Samuels is elite. Brandon Ayuk is an underrated number number two in their offense. And uh, what's their defense has Nick Bosa and Javon Hargraves on one side. That's a scary tandem when they when they uh, team up. So I don't know. When I look at the the offense and I look at the defense and I look at that secondary behind them as well. And I look around all together. I think they're a compl- uh, one of the most complete football teams in the NFL right now. Seattle, not going to lie. I've liked some of the pickups that they've had throughout the draft and throughout free agency. I still think they will be a playoff team. I think Geno Smith will take another step forward and to prove why he's the comeback player of the year and to show the growth that he's shown. But overall, I still – think it's going to be a mountain to overcome the San Francisco 49ers and the AFC and the NFC West. Not worried about the Rams, not worried about the Cardinals, because on all honesty, the Cardinals are just flat out rebuilding. I it's just it is what it is. And it feels like the Rams are too considering they just traded Jalen Ramsey away. So I'm not really sure what to do uh what the deal is with the Rams. So I don't know as much as I don't want to like throw away the Rams because they like Two seasons ago, they just won the Super Bowl. But last year, they were a dumpster fire, and they didn't even have a first-round pick, who they coincidentally gave to Detroit, who they decided to give to Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> Let's not even go there. The fact of the matter is, overall, I don't see those two being, like, key players in that division this year, except when it comes to, like, the end of the season, if they have matchups against the other two. But outside of that, I think it's just the two-horse race between – uh, the 49ers and the Seahawks. I think I'm going to go against both of you guys here and say that I have I have the Seahawks winning this division. But I think one I think one thing that we can both agree on that all of us can agree on is that um, qu- quarterback is a massive question mark for both teams between Seattle and San Francisco. I'd say more so for San Fran. The thing is with the uh... Seattle is that uh how do I put this that Gino needs to show that he's not a one-year wonder and that he can do it again especially after they just gave him that big contract exactly so it's it's all going to come down to how the quarterback position plays out for these two teams because both of them after the quarterback position 
have teams where if the quarterback wasn't such a question mark, they're contenders in the entire freaking league because they just have that good a roster. And the Seahawks looked imperfect last year, but they had some young talent developing. And now through free agency, they worked on that front seven and the interior of that um, of that offensive line. They brought in with their two first round picks. They got a slam dunk. They got a shutdown corner to pair up with Tariq Woolen. And they also got another wide receiver who could, if he pans out, be one of the best wide receivers in this whole division. Yeah, so that's true. So this is so this Seahawks team has a lot of potential. They're younger than the 49ers. And they're also just flat out a really, really good team. And it's it's clear it's blatantly obvious that this team is trying to restore their former Legion of Boom when they drafted Devin Witherspoon because I thought they were going, you know, I I thought they were going somewhere interior defensive line. They didn't do that. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. I think Devin Witherspoon is a good. That's a that's a good pick that they made. Um, same same with Jackson Smith and Jigba who joins DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And you also have Noah Fant, Will Disley, and in the tight end department. You have a very good defense. I mean, everything. I just think this Seahawks team is younger and they've improved a lot. And I think it's not going, it's going to be a lot closer between them and San Francisco. In fact, I I have them being the division champions. We're also forgetting the running back position where they have Kenneth Walker, who is casually. A very good wide, jeez, uh, very good running back mm-hmm. with an with a mm-hmm. pretty bad interior offensive line. That's improved this year, so he's going to have a better year. A passing. Not to mention game. they drafted Zach Charbonnet too, and he was very good at UCLA. Exactly. Yeah, the 49ers have Christian McCaffrey, and I want to say Terrence Mitchell. McCaffrey's younger. Uh, you mean um, Elijah Kenneth, Mitchell? Kenneth, Wa- Kenneth Walker. Elijah younger. Mitchell. That's what I mean. Kenneth yeah. Walker's younger. Oh and yeah. Also, Christian McCaffrey has a he has uh, a track record of being hurt a lot. But I'm if both saying, are healthy, who are you taking? If it, if both are healthy, you're taking Christian McCaffrey. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, but health matters. Like we can't just discount mm-hmm. health. Yeah, but we all look at the running back as the same. Like, unfortunately, it doesn't matter, like, health-wise, sooner or later, you're going to be run down eventually. And I know Christian McCaffrey's, like, injury. We give him this label of injury-prone, but he was fairly healthy last season and helped him get to the NFC Championship game. So, if he can still keep that up, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't take Christian McCaffrey over. Yeah. Kenneth Walker. I think that's just being fair here. And that's all I got to say. Guys, I got to go. All right. All right. Talk. Thank you for being with us for these 200 episodes. Uh, it feels like just yesterday when you and I got together and started this podcast as two co-founders. And uh, I'll see you next week. We're not, we're not, we're not, be, we may be at episode 200, but we're not finishing up anytime soon. So. Not just yet. Also, yep. Brian is out. <laughs> Brian is still out after two years. All right. All right. See you. See you around, Tuck. All right. So oh, Tuck did something. have. He had yeah. work. He we forgive him. Tuck has work because he actually contributes to society, yeah. like a loser. <laughs> All right. 
All right. So we're just going to move on and get to our fan box where we are going to revisit the quarterback position where we asked you guys, who is the most underrated quarterback going into 2023? We got some good answers and you guys won't want to miss it. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. Tuck just left for work. Um, we are on to the fan box portion of our show where we post a question box on our Instagram every Monday. And you can respo- respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So for the question of the week, we had, who is the most underrated quarterback going into the 2023 season? We start off with Culinary Goddess, or is it Cindy Medeiros? I believe it is, yes. Yeah, CJ knows her. Uh, said Mac Jones. Um, and I don't I would, hate it. I don't hate it because he was, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback like very recently. But when you add context to it, the jury. Well, I mean, I'm just saying we all know the Pro Bowl means nothing. But my point is, he was runner-up and offensive rookie of the year, and I don't know how just how much of last season was his fault. You know, because of a man named Matt Patricia, and you know he's never at a wide receiver one, never at a healthy O line. He can be something, but. It just seems like there's a certain hoodie that has been almost like impeding his growth, but that should change this year. He's entering a big make or break season. Certainly. So this up, this next response is the yin to Mac Jones's yang. It is Ian Mulhern saying Bailey Zappi. If Mac Jones can't get it together, I'm calling it now. Zappi is taking over. As a Pats fan, I don't get the Zappy hype. He's literally there's not one thing he literally does better better than Mac. Not as fast, weaker arm, less accurate. It's like and everyone's like, "Oh, but they were winning." It's like, "You know, it's weird. They literally had like two different playbooks, one for Zappy and one for Mac. It was so stupid." And even still, I'm sorry, but all the Zappy fans should have died out after that Chicago game where he completely fell apart. Yeah, I like I, that's where I that that's where it was kind of a turnoff for me because I was at least for a few games I was like, okay, this kid's playing pretty well. Let's see what he can do. Right, he's mm-hmm. winning games where Mac Jones wasn't able to earlier on in the year, but then you go into that Chicago game and he threw two picks against a a Bears defense that really wasn't much to write home about. That's where I was like, all right, all right, um, but. Uh, our next response here 
It is. So we are into the Desmond Ritters. Patrick Patrick Williver said Desmond Ritter. Jack Briel said Ritter and Howell both have a lot to prove. Mm, Ryan Mucker said Howell, Desmond Ritter, and Brock Purdy. We'll get to Purdy in, in a minute. But Ritter and Howell, it seems like those two are kind of packed into one response. And I can kind of understand why. Because both haven't don't haven't played under a large sample size. Both were kind of later picks who were given the opportunity to start and haven't looked bad. Just it's such a small sample size. But I will say this about Ritter. If it turns out Ritter can play, we'll know. Because mm-hmm. the Falcons actually have a pretty solid team around uh around Ritter right now. Good yeah. offensive line. Good, good targets for him to throw to. He has a very good running game. I mean, they had invested in the number eight overall pick for him. For and B. you John have an Robinson. existing thousand yard rusher in Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier as well. Cordero Patterson is still on the team. So if it turns out he can play, then we will know. If he can't, then we'll also know. So they're going to know real soon. And I imagine this would be the draft upcoming where if it turns out he can't play, then the Falcons will finally take a quarterback worth taking. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. The sucks, though, for Ritter and Howell is that they're not really getting much of a chance. It's this year, and if they suck, they're done. Basically. But it, and then again, this past quarterback draft wasn't the best one. They were yeah, part no, of – I mean, not. they kind of did it to themselves because if they, if they played better in college and they had more hype – then maybe they would play. Maybe they would get more of a chance. That's kind of the way it works. Except for maybe Brock Purdy because he was like Mr. Relevant. <laughs> sure, but he also did well, and you know he took the team to an NFC Championship game. I mean that's got to count for something. Yeah, I guess it does. Yes. Um, and also like the number two seed. So I mm-hmm. mean, great things going over going on over in San Francisco. Um, and we'll get to Purdy in a bit, but. Uh, next one was Steven Parker who said Jared Goff and also Steven Parker said Desmond Ritter too. credit for, uh, Des- uh, the Desmond Ritter pick, but Jared Goff also Cola DJ said Jared Goff, the goat. I think people are forgetting just how good Goff is because yeah. it wasn't long ago where this kid was actually pretty hyped up. He was the number one overall pick. Then a couple years into his career in, in, uh, on the Rams, he did pretty well. In fact, he kind of took the team to a Super Bowl. I know the team around him was really good, but don't, don't most quarterbacks need some talent around them in order to succeed? It's a team That's sport. true. So he was a throw-in in the Matthew Stafford deal, and he's he remained patient. I could see a lot of different guys in that situation that Goff was in kind of throwing their hands up saying, you know what, maybe it's time to hang him up. But he didn't give up. He hasn't quit. And all of a sudden, this Detroit team looks like the real deal. And he's going to be, he's, he has the keys to the kingdom right now. So, yeah. props to him for having that patience to really stick around and, and work through this. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I do. He's another one that if the Lions underperform and miss the playoffs in a very weak NFC, then that, then I don't know. In a weak NFC North. Yeah, on top of that. It's like, right. Ugh. Because the Bears are still a couple of years off. They mm-hmm. might be competitive, but 
they should the the Lions should make quick work of them. Yeah. Also with also just a side note, tiny side note, we'll move on quick. Between the Lions and the Cowboys, Thanksgiving is going to be pretty fun this year. Act for once, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Two teams that are actually going to be playoff contenders. I kind of hope they I, I don't I, I I'm off the top of my head who is who is what are, I, we, let's let's move on. Yeah, let's just keep from, going. I I'm, I love Thanksgiving football. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, then we move on to the Kirk Cousins votes. Aaron uh, Aaron Wise said Kirk Cousins. Robert Canado said Kirk. Tyson Tate said no debate. It's Kirk still. Uh, Eli Turner said Kirk Cousins surprises me sometimes. And I mean, I, mean, I guess, but a, a lot of it is just his abysmal record in prime time and like how he falls apart when the lights are brightest. They, uh, th- that I definitely think completely undermines like what he can do because he's like, he's yeah. not bad, but it's just whenever you see him in prime time, he's just not playing well, but statistically he's actually pretty good. It's just very predictable on what he does in the in the regular season. Like he always has very good seasons to the point where he's called an underrated quarterback, and he he's he's infesting our fan boxes with responses saying he's Kirk's pretty underrated, and he is, I guess. Mm, yeah, but like he's a good he's a good solid starting quarterback in this league. He's in he's a top half starter in this league, but. Like we know what he is at this point, and I just wish the Vikings the Vikings could do so much better, especially with the team that they have. Listen, if you are one of the league leaders in interceptions thrown while having Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to throw to with, and you can still dump the ball off to Dalvin Cook, there's something wrong there. Just saying. Um. All right. Our next response is Ben Christopher, who said Justin Fields, followed by also Luke Hickey, who did also say Fields. Um, so the jury is still out on him. So I feel like he's pretty much rated exactly where he should be. Like people are, I don't think anyone's sleeping on him right now. Everyone is saying, okay, he's in a good situation. Let's see how he does for this upcoming year. If it if it turns out he can't play in this environment, then maybe the Bears need to look elsewhere for a new quarterback. But they're doing all the right things that they need to do. They have a good offensive line for him, right? They they brought in a wide receiver one for Mooney, who will be a two. You got Chase Claypool, who's going to be a three. You got Cole Komet, who's a good tight end one. And you have a pretty good running back duo in Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert. So I think they I think they have a good thing going there and a defense that's still improving too. Um so yeah, we'll see. Um hang on. Lost my place, lost my place. By Nick the Norman. way, uh Jimmy Graham has signed a one year contract with the Saints right now. And I only I mentioned that. this because I forgot he was even in the league. Me too. It seems like more of a send off, you know. Uh they might as well just do a one day contract at that point. Yeah, that's what even I was thinking. Those things- even though those things are so fake. Um, yeah. Nick Norman said either Daniel, Daniel Jones or Gita, uh, or Gino. Both are in the top half of the league in starters, in my opinion. Um, 
they this past season they had that. Um, and going into next year, I think Geno Smith is definitely going to be in the top half of the league. Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, so he gets he gets Darren Waller added to the mix. Um, and they brought in Jalen Hyatt through the NFL draft. Uh, their offensive line still needs a little bit more a little bit more work. But overall, yeah, they are definitely underrated. But Geno Smith needs to prove that it wasn't a one-off. Because yeah. other than this past season, people even forgot that they for, they were they said, "Oh wait, Geno's still in the league." And then all of a sudden, like then then he was known as Russell Wilson's backup for a few years. Then he comes in. We thought Drew Locke last year was going to be the starter. And then Geno Smith surprised us all. He won the starting job. And then what? He had a good year. So we'll see if he can if he if he can sustain this. Yeah, um, that's the same thing with Daniel Jones. It's like Geno and yeah. Daniel have a lot to prove. Geno needs to prove he wasn't a fluke, and Daniel Jones has to live up to that massive contract. Yeah. Uh, Carolina Cast Sports said Bryce Young. Can you even call a rookie underrated? It's uh, That's what I'm thinking. It's hard to just call a rookie underrated. I guess you could say he's undervalued just because he is short and he's getting a lot of crap for it, especially in training camp when you see videos of, let's say you see clips of, like I think I saw this one clip where the offensive line was standing up and he disappeared behind it. Oh yeah, I saw that one too. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, if was, he can, yeah. a lot of short quarterbacks have been able to play in recent years, so Drew we'll Brees, see. Russell Wilson, yeah, yeah. So it's happened in the past, and Baker Mayfield to an extent, he's had some career success. Um, we'll see if he could continue it if he could get back on the map over in uh, in Tampa Bay, but. Brogdon Hill said, uh, we got a couple Lamar Jackson votes. So Brogdon Hill had not gotten much attention entering this season. That's what Brogdon Hill said. Jad Noman said Lamar is getting underpaid. Owen Vanslack, Lamar Jackson in caps if he stays healthy. Oh, that is the question of the day, isn't it? I mean, I said that. When I like our I like Lamar's just gotta stay healthy. And I think he should, considering he's committing to throwing the ball more. But you never know. Right. And when you have a unanimous league MVP in your division and you have another team winning that uh uh taking it, taking the division title, I would say that quarterback's pretty underrated. Especially since Joe Burrow technically hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Uh he hasn't won a Super Bowl or a league MVP. Lamar Jackson actually at least has one of the two. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely underrated, and I think he's going to have a much better year than he has in years past because he's going to be throwing a lot more. Finally, the Ravens are coming to their senses and making some changes and having this kid throw some more. But if he can't throw, like if it turns out that once you have him throw more, that he actually looks pretty bad, that's going to be a conversation to be had, especially since they just paid him a massive contract. Especially with Justin Tucker. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting conversation with our oh, co-host. Yeah. Ian Mul- so we're now on to the, Bro- the Brock Purdy votes. Ian Mulhern said Brock Purdy. Diego Huertas said 
has to be Brock Purdy, but all depends on how he recovered. Very yeah, that's true. Fair. Owen, uh, yep. So these, so there were only two. I thought there were more. Um, Brock Purdy, it's he's a massive question mark right now. First of all, it's still technically a small sample size, so we don't technically know if this kid can actually play. He was also playing around a very good team, but it will also hinge on whether or not this kid comes back healthy and when he does, because the 49ers are going to need him. We don't even know if Trey Lance can play anymore. We'll see. Um, But jury is still out on Brock Purdy. I think people are still forgetting that. Like, oh, if Brock Purdy's healthy, they'll be fine. We don't even know if this kid can actually play. It's been a small sample size. I know he's done. He, I know all of these performances have been in, in big moments and he led a team to the NFC championship game, which is amazing, but it could still be a flash in the pan. I'm not saying it is I'm not saying it isn't just pointing out the obvious here. Yeah. Um, Owen Vanslack said Tua primed for a breakout season. If his mind doesn't turn to mush, maybe. It's all going to depend on that. Also, we're forgetting the reason why his mind has turned to mush in the past calendar year. That offensive line sucks. And it still does. They they didn't do anything to improve it. Mm -hmm. They get rid of Austin Jackson, their right tackle. Who did they replace him with? Isaiah Wynn? Yeah. And 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 as a Pats fan, I can say Isaiah Wynn's gonna be hurt by like week seven. Yeah. If he's not committing hold after hold. Yeah. And the interior of that offensive line isn't very good either. Yeah. Hunt is underrated, but I don't like their left guard or their center. Yeah. Owen Vanslack also said Baker, because he got nothing to lose at this point. And we had a couple of Baker Mayfields votes cola dj said baker mayfield jay-z8 hockey said baker mayfield so like he has a good situation around him it's it's solid i think we're forgetting that the buccaneers do have some pieces mike evans and chris godwin still exist um and they have rashad white in the running game i mean he's he showed some promise he looks like he could be a, a solid back they need some more help at the tackle position since they got rid of donovan smith Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's something you just have to wait and see because he he had a good season. He had a good year uh, a few years ago in 2019, but he hasn't been the same since. Yeah, ever since he played through that awful shoulder injury, he just has that he's never been the same. Yeah. <sighs> He hasn't been the same. So maybe, I mean, he had some good games for the Rams. So maybe he turned a corner. Maybe he didn't. It'll be indicative of this. will be, it'll be indicative by just how he does on the Buccaneers. Um, And if not, if it doesn't work out here, then he's never going to get another opportunity. Maybe he'll be a backup somewhere. Uh, Jay-Z eight hockey said Josh Rosen. And this was obviously satire. Yeah, maybe the real nine mistakes made ahead of him or the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Who were those nine mistakes anyways? I know Josh I know Josh Allen was one of them. So that Saquon uh, too. Saquon. I think Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson. Nine mistakes, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, Denzel Ward. Well, yeah. What a, God, what a moron. Amen. Um all right. Hang on. Lost my place. A- 
Uh, Elion GA11 said Jacoby Brissett. Um, he I, should be starting. No, I'm a, I'm a Brissett fan personally, especially after how he was with Cleveland. I don't like – he's a backup. I forgive you. He's a backup. He could win a game or two, but if you have him as your starting quarterback, you're not doing anything. Yeah, you fair. might make the playoffs if you have a really good team around you, but he's not – like he's been better than I thought he would be once since he came in the league as a third string a third string quarterback, but he's not he's not a starting le- I just don't think he's a starting level quarterback. Mm. I don't. He might be the best in his quarterback room currently, but does does that say much? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um. All right. Chase McGinty said, "I'm a Birds fan, but honestly, Kenny Pickett is going to break out. He should, but that division is going to be tough." It is, and I think he's going to be a good. He is going to be good this year, but again, this division is going to be tough. Cleveland still exists. I think we keep forgetting that Cleveland actually has a pretty good team. Oh yeah, they do. This, it all depends on Watson, though. It does, and the Steelers have a pretty good young team, and they're a very good professional organization that always seems to find ways to get competitive again, no matter how much of a mess things seem to be. Um. So I could I have some trust in this organization. And maybe they found in a very bad quarterback draft, it looks like they found that one guy. They picked him out of there. Yep. No no pun intended with the pick. Uh they they I mean they plucked him out of there like it was I, I mean it was you. the the only number one the only first round pick, and it looks like they were right to take him there. So we'll see. Uh all right. Grayson Mortimer said he's on un- he's not underrated, but based on last year, I expect Ross to bounce back. He is now underrated. Yeah. He is now underrated because he has been clowned on so much in this past year. And a lot of it's self-inflicted, but we forget that he was a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback. And uh in Seattle. And an MVP candidate usually for the first half of the year, but whatever. Exactly. But what one thing that I point out. Also, is that part of it is also because his backup in Seattle, as soon as he left, he put up similar production with Pete Carroll. So then it makes it look like it was all Pete Carroll the whole time and that Russell Wilson, maybe he couldn't play. I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's what it that's what it kind of made it look like in the public eye. Yeah, and, it, it didn't look good for Russ when he left. Especially like you said with Gino. But I'm still not I'm still not giving up on Russell Wilson. We can't just no. throw away half a decade's worth of 30 plus touchdown seasons where he's dragging that Seahawks team to the playoffs when they have in years where they have no business even being there. So I'm I I'm still holding out hope. A talented a, a talented Broncos team, a new coach. An improved offensive line. I think I think he's going to be a lot better. Josh Houle said, I think Derek Carr has much better weapons with him now in New Orleans. Uh kinda. I mean they're they're more underrated and the the floor is higher, but the ceiling's lower, if that makes sense. Because you had Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Josh Jacobs, but but I mean like you you have a lot of too. Huh? Hunter Renfro too. Yeah. But I mean I'm just saying I think that the 
full, but that but that's pretty much it. It was like a very top heavy offense, which is why I say the floor for New Orleans, at least with their skill set, is higher, but their ceiling is also lower. Well, yeah, I'm, but Olave as a rookie, yeah, Olave as a rookie with a thousand yards, I think he's going to get better than that. And now he has better he quarterback should. play. Yeah, he plus you have Camara. You have Camara in there for and however Jam- long he's going to be. Jamal Williams too. They also signed, I think. Michael Thomas, if he can stay healthy, that's a big if. But you never know. If Thomas, well, if, if if Thomas can stay healthy, though, you have him and Olave, and Juwan Johnson, who's a very and underrated Juwan Johnson, tight end. and and now Jim and now Jimmy Graham, <laughs> for whatever he can contribute to the team, that'll be a throwback. If he if they can turn Jimmy Graham back into what he once was, then all the power to New Orleans for what they have yep. done. But if if that does happen again, they should not fall short of the division title if all of this happens. Michael Thomas stays healthy. Jim, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Graham, Graham finds his old form. Jimmy Graham finds his old form. Chris Olave makes a makes a jump in his sophomore season, and you upgrade at quarterback to Derek Carr. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of good things going on over there, and yeah, Derek Carr, I think he's underrated. He is. I think we forget about his 2016 MVP caliber year. Before he got he was hurt. A candidate. Before he got hurt, yeah. And if he didn't get hurt, maybe he would have won it. Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. But there were a lot of other candidates over there. If it wasn't yeah. going to be Matt Ryan, it would have been Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady if he wasn't suspended four games. It was just a good year for the league. Yeah. It was a good year. Peak year. Yeah. Peak Super Bowl, too. Amen. Heard that. All right. Well, that is the last of our responses and the last of our scheduled content. Do you have anything else to say before we end the show, CJ? No. All right. Well, happy 200, CJ. Thanks for joining the show after, I believe it's been, what, like a year and a half or so of being on our show, being one of our co-hosts. The show, I can say, has gotten better since you joined I appreciate all the help that you do, all of the work that you have done to build it up to where where it has gotten right now. I don't know where we would be if we did not have you as a co-host, CJ. And I appreciate I'm not it. Just saying that. And it you know been, something? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just want to say one thing. You know, if you know about where I came from before this, I think I made the right choice. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, this has been a good show. So we're, we appreciate you guys as an audience for tuning in. And for all you P1s out there, all of you guys who have listened to most of all of, if not most of our, sh- of our shows in the past couple of years, thank you for sticking around and tuning in to all of our episodes. Thanks to Robert Shelley for helping us set up this podcast two years ago. It is, I mean, your help has been incredible um, with all your experience with the Pesky Pole podcast. But without further ado, for the 200th time, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.